Some of you have no idea how long four minutes is until you sit in front of a whole bunch of people watching. Happy, happy, happy. Hey, my name is Matt Griswold. Welcome to Connection. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to touch base with you about a couple things. Again, our Transform books. We're going to start this in September. I had somebody play a really funny joke on me this week. Now, last Sunday, you can go back online and you can check this. And I said, don't read ahead. We haven't started this. Do not read it ahead. Okay, I wanted everybody to go at the same time. So I got this just this peachy of a person. (laughs) Sent me a messenger and they said something about my day. And they said, hey, hope you have a great day. By the way, I've read everything that has to do in that book with Transformed. (laughs) He was joking. Anyway, these are on sale for five bucks. Uh, Remind you that uh, they are going to be on sale. They will stop selling at 9.50 before worship every week. Uh, But we'll sell these in the morning and in the afternoon services. And we'll sell them to the end of August, probably the first couple weeks of September, if we have any new people that want to get this started. But uh, if if you've known anything about Rick Warren's uh, stuff, this this is good. I... I am studying through this right now. I know some of you are mad because I've started it. I haven't started it, but I've been looking through and I've been studying about what we're gonna about what we're gonna go through. So I used my studying of this, and for the for the month of August, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna apply questions to our life and how they lead up to this transformed study. Now remember, Romans twelve two is the basis on transformed. Okay, it says it says that we allow God to change the way we think. Okay, and I, some of us don't like that because if God changes the way we think, then that can't be comfortable, is it? Sometimes not. So, so I want to go, so after we, we've touched base on transform, now I want to go back to this, this, this wonderful video that we just watched. I do not care if you came in here and something awful has happened during this day. You all, at one point or another, yes, I had a little human experiment with you. You all laughed at least one time. You're like, <laughs> and somebody, somebody over here maybe wasn't laughing, and all of a sudden, Zinni comes by, and she's like, Whoa, and you're like, <laughs> and you clapped, didn't you? I have a question. If it's so easy, and, and or maybe it's not so easy all the time, but if it's, if it's such a blessing to us to be happy, why haven't we turned our dials to happy more than not? Isn't that a great question? There's, there's something that goes away, and I'll, and I'll show you an example with my girls. I have seven and a four-year-old, okay? Now, right now, Lydia is the youngest, and she's not in school. Anywhere that I see Lydia, she comes running, flying like 88 miles an hour, and she just hits me and hugs me. Now, Emma will do the same thing. Emma's seven. She's going into seventh, second grade. Seven, no. I'm not ready for her to be a second grader. So she's second grade. Now, she will do the same thing, unless maybe she's around some of her friends. You know, what age does that flip? This is, this is my thing. You know what the Bible says that we should do? The Bible says that we should be happy in our relationship with Christ, and we even as mature, adult, Christian, forgiven people should run to God and be happy. We said, we should, now, I want to I make this very, very, very strong point. When Jesus calls his disciples in the New Testament, he does not say, I'm going to use you to change the world and your life is going to be happy. In fact, he uses that word this many times. All of them lost their life. See, so we, we associate, well, if I follow God, then happy. Listen, fulfilled life, yes. Purposeful life, yes. This is what we're asking God to do in our life. 
So seriously, I just played this video, and just by looking and watching and listening, I saw smiles. I saw smiles be created on faces that, you know, I'm not going to mention any names. But you walk in here like, ah, church. (laughs) Maybe you're not awake. It's okay. We have coffee. All right? But even whatever you've been through this week, I physically watched you become happy. You smile. Now, some of you saw that, saw that song come on and go, oh, not this song. They say happy like 17,000 times. But some of you are like, oh, this is my jam. <laughs> Simply by listening to that song, many of us began to smile. We stomped our feet. We clapped. It was just a song. My question is this, by just listening to something upbeat and happy, can it change your mood? Yes. If you have to have musical therapy like some of us have in your, in your life and you enjoy music, listen, number one thing that I, that I how about this? If you, if you go to the gym, I doubt very seriously they're playing any Kenny G when you're trying to bench press. If they do, you are not going to do well. That's like scientific, you know, they're, they're playing some like heavy, heavy rocking out metal and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't hear anything. You're like, oh yeah, you just bob your head. There's not any communication during that time. You just kind of do this and the other guy does this and you know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, we, 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 we have all these things and you say, well, when I'm, when I'm, I had a friend in college and he said uh, his girlfriend broke up with him. So I came over to visit him in his trailer And he's sitting alone in his trailer listening to Randy Travis digging up bones. And I'm thinking, dude, if you want to get out of this groove, that's not the song. Okay, pretty soon you'll be, you know, just whatever. I said, but your music that you listen to can just change your mood. On the other hand, only listening to the negative things. See, my buddy was in his trailer and he was feeling, woe is me. I'm feeling sorry for myself. The only thing that matches my attitude is digging up bones. I'm not knocking that song. I like Randy Travis, okay? But his negative was getting compiled on his negative because he didn't want to get out. It's all in reference to what we listen to. And today's title of our sermon is, Who? Who do you listen to? See, God tells us that we can find freedom in this life by listening. And I know you're saying, Oh, I don't know about this. I don't like listening to God because... See, Matt, when I talk to God and he tells me stuff about my life and I need to change it, the last thing that I want to do is be happy. Because he, he calls me to change something that I'm very comfortable with. And I don't like it. Look on the screen with me. You don't have to flip there. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles in a little bit. It's in the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles goes 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra and Nehemiah. Use your table of contents. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles in a little bit. But just for, just for sake of time, I want you to check out these, these five verses on the screen with me. Look, on, look at John 8, verse 28. Now, watch this with me. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross. Now, if you have been involved in our connect groups, if not, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. We studied this verse in connect group, and it's, and it's relevance to the Old Testament. When you've seen the Son of Man, Jesus himself is talking about being raised up on a cross. But in our connect group, we studied 
when the Israelites had the snakes come into the camp. And they came to Moses. See, they didn't want to do what God wanted them to do. So God got their attention. Now, I hate snakes. Okay? And this just solidifies that snakes are bad. Don't surprise me with snakes. I'm good with you. I can look at you from a distance. Uh, but there's a reason that I did not, you know, I'm not a reptile studier. Okay? P.E., run away. See? That's what I do. If you've been in connect groups, though, we've, we've talked about how Moses and the snakes came into the Israelites' camp, and they bit them, and they said, Moses, you've got to do something. So Moses talks to God. Watch this. He listened to the right person, number one. He listened to the right person. God told him to build what? A, a bronze snake. I want you to put it up on a pole. Anybody that looks at that snake will be healed. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know if they had snake bite and just went all healed. I don't know. But it says that they, if they looked, they would be healed. Moses listened to the right person. He did what was necessary. The same is true today. The Son of Man being raised on a cross, watch this. When we look to Jesus, the Son of God that was raised on a cross to die for our sin, just like the Israelites were healed physically, we can be healed spiritually. That is something that we will never water down. That Jesus was the real Son of God. He really died. God raised Him from the dead. He died for our sins so we can have a relationship with Him. That's it. That's solid. Look how he goes on. Then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father has taught me. Now watch this. Who do you listen to? Just in your mind, who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Oftentimes, we'll do, I'll do some, uh, some mentoring with a, a person that's maybe younger, maybe they're a teenager, the early 20s. And we'll do Isaiah 5.21. It says, what sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. And, and one of the questions is, I say, who do you think you're wiser than? Oh, loaded question. If, he, if that person is usually in this age group of, you know, 16 to 22, usually what comes off as, you know, I don't really know, turns into, I'm smarter than everyone. <laughs> if you're, watch this, it doesn't go away. You get somebody in their 20s, they say, well, I'm smarter than I'm smarter than a majority. Did you know, scientifically proven, if, you, if I give you a piece of paper and I tell you to write a number between 1 and 10, 10 being the most intelligent, 1 being the, the least intelligent, that a very, very, very vast majority of you would pick 6 or higher? Watch. Because we listen, we listen to ourselves. think, don't we? Listen, Jesus is asking him, says, who do you listen to? If Jesus listened to the Father, shouldn't we? See, he says, I don't do anything on my own, but what my father tells me to do. Jesus knew where to listen. He knew what to listen to. Look at verse 29. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. We watched the happy video. And some of you are going to YouTube that and post it and Facebook and all kinds of stuff. If you're, <laughs> please don't annoy your mate. If your mate really likes that song and the other one does not, don't just push repeat on that song. Okay, that could end bad. But how about this? Do you want some good news today that will make you happy? Would you like that? I'm going to give it to you for free, whether you like it or not, okay? You're like, oh, well, I didn't get a choice. No, not really. Jesus, out of his mouth in verse 29, says, And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. How about this? God has not, will not ever desert you. In fact, the Bible says just the opposite, that he is chasing you. 
some of you are running too fast. There's bumper stickers on cars that says, don't drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. Some of you said, oh, no, I know God's chasing me. I know he wants to change my life. I've got to get out of here. I've got to run. Look at verse 30. Then many who heard him say, oh, I'm sorry, he goes on. For I always do what pleases him. In verse 30, he says, the many, then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We're talking about happiness and freedom. If you could bottle it up and sell bottles of freedom and happiness, you would be one of the wealthiest person in the world. People seek this every day, and it turns down to one thing. Who do you listen to? See, we can listen to ourselves all day long. If you've tried to do it by yourself, you already know how this goes. Okay, back to square one. If not, square negative one, right? See, we're looking at our areas, the areas in our life. Who do we listen to that are going to move us into this transform study? See, I want us to get to a place that we understand that, number one, we can't do it on our own. You can't do it. You cannot transform your own life into something better. You have to have God's help. That's why God says, he tells Paul to write down, he says, I'm going to change the way that you think. He writes to the church in, in Corinth, he says, I'm going to change, or in Roman, in Rome, and he said, I'm going to change the way that you think. God wants us to have perspective on life. Do you have perspective on life? Oh, yeah, my life's great. I work like 40 hours a week. I do this, and my boss is a jerk, and all this. That's, that's my perspective on it. I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have. See, that's a, that's a perspective. I've taught with someone who was on, who was on a part-time basis. Quite possibly the second most happiest person I've ever seen in my life. No coffee needed. I don't understand that one, but... She come in and she's like, "Good morning." I mean, I'm a morning person. She was like beyond morning person. Okay, she would come in, and she'd walk into the kitchen where everybody was. Hey guys, and we'd just go, "What does she do every day before she comes in here? She's crazy happy. Why is she so happy?" One day I got, the, I got the nerve. And I called her by name. I said, what makes you so happy every day? She didn't have a bad day. Every day. You know what her reply was? <laughs> Get ready because I got my face adjusted with God on this one. He said, she looks at me and she said, you know what? I got to wake up this morning. I got to drive a vehicle that started to work. When I went to work, they give me money. Even though I'm part-time, God is meeting my needs because I've chosen to live my life for him. I'm happy and I'm free. And I said, holy cow, I should copy the way that you do life. It says, Jesus says, you will know the truth and it will set you free. God wants you to experience the freedom. This is very possible to have. But here's the question. It all comes down to this. Who do you listen to? Here's a problem. If your car breaks down in this parking lot, let's say your transmission goes out. 
I don't want any of that to happen, okay? That's bad. The number one person in this room that you should not listen to is me. <laughs> Promise. You should talk to Mike. Mike does that all the time. Don't talk to me. I can do this. I can say, okay, I can call Mike because I have a phone, or I can take you to Mike or whoever else rebuilds transmission. I can't do that. So if you would listen to me, it's going to be a negative result. Unless God just creates some miracle and I know how to put pieces and that's not, that's not, okay. I'm not doubting God. I'm just, transmissions are not my thing. See, we can experience that negative when we choose the wrong person to listen to, but if you talk to me and I say, listen, you should probably talk to this person. They have a knowledge of this and you talk to them. You're going to receive something positive. God says this. I want you to listen to me. How about this? Who do you listen to? Don't say anything out loud. No cheers, no booze, nothing like that. I'm just, I'm just saying some things. Just... Do you listen to Rush Limbaugh? Bill O'Reilly? Do you think Mike Huckabee hung the moon? Do you listen to Judge Judy? Me personally, when I was a kid, I thought Cookie Monster had it all together. I like listening to Cookie Monster. My mom disagreed with him sometimes because I said, Cookie. And she would go, no. See, it's all in relevance of who you listen to. I'm not saying any of those people are right or any of those people are wrong. I'm just asking you who you listen to. Do you think the guys on Sports Center give an unbiased opinion on sports teams? Easy, we're not getting into this one. This is worse than politics if you talk about sports. Everybody listen to this. It's all relevant to what you listen to. A little girl was at her friend's house. Think about this. A little girl was visiting her friend. They were having a little play date. The girl did a cartwheel. She accidentally bumped into her friend. I mean, you know how kids are. It's not exactly like, you know, Mary Lou Retton. Some of you don't know who that is, but she's an Olympic gymnast. And she, and she bumped into her friend and she said, hey, I'm sorry. Her friend looks back at her, and I want you to hear this very, 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 very well this morning. Little girl does a cartwheel, bumps into her friend. She says, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit you. Her friend looks at her and says, sorry doesn't cut it. It's all relevance to two different kids listening to two different things. One girl makes a mistake. She says, I'm sorry. The other girl has heard from something else, sorry doesn't cut it. And that little girl that goes home that has apologized, she's just wrecked. She goes home, she consoles with her parents. And her parents, who are trying to teach godly things, sorry does Because if the other person is listening to God like they should, then forgiveness should happen. But oftentimes, they don't marry each other in this world, do they? The whole situation revolved around who you listen to. If you listen to the world, it says sorry doesn't cut it, doesn't it? I'm sorry, I'm late. There there was a train, shocker. (laughs) There's a train. I'm, I'm late. 
the boss wants to be a jerk, sorry doesn't cut it, you're late. To God, you say, I'm sorry. And you're repentant of what you've done. God says this. Sorry does cut it. It does. And when you realize who you should listen to and the freedom and the forgiveness that you can receive, it's not a choice. It becomes, am I right? Do I want to be right or have a relationship? Ever heard that before? Do you want to be right or have a relationship? Everyone listens to someone. Perry Noble, a pastor out east, said this, who or what you listen to will ultimately determine what you do. Whether you like that or not, it's true. Because you can understand inside of your heart and your mind right now when I'm talking to you, when he says what, who or what you listen to will ultimately determine what you do, here's an example. I got rid of a whole, back when CDs were a big thing, okay, before we went all digital, I broke over 180 CDs because I didn't think that the words were appropriate for me to be listening to. I'm not saying, oh, wow, look at me. But I didn't think, garbage in, garbage out. Remember that whole thing? See, what we put into our body, if we, if we inwardly talk to ourselves and say, you know what, Matt, you're right in this situation. You're right. I can tell you right now, Whatever I'm dealing with is not going to go smooth because I don't know what God knows. I don't know how to correct. I had to seek God's help. So we're going to check out a guy. Look at 2 Chronicles with me. In the Old Testament, if you have your, if you have your Bible, we're, going to, we're talking about some names that are they're kind of out there. Okay? If you're looking for some new names, if you've got some new, new kids coming, maybe some new grandkids coming, you should throw out these names like Joe Ash. Sweet name. Listen, listen, you're going to go home and you're going to talk to your spouse or whoever, whoever's not here and you're going to say, hey, we should think, we should name our next child, grandkid, Joe Ash, and they're going to say, who have you been listening to? So we see in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, 1 and 2, he says this, Joe Ash was seven years old when he became king. Man, seven. Can you imagine that? You are, you are set for life, and you are seven. Emma turns seven Tuesday. That's just scary. Joash is seven. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada, the priest. Now, throughout the lifetime, Joash did what? What was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He understood who to listen to, didn't he? That's what we're told. In other words, Joash the king did what was right as long as the priest was alive. Now, this has a lot of relevance. If you teach school, if you teach Sunday school... If you've ever taught in Kids Rock or Baby Gap, and we don't, leave, we don't leave classes unattended, but if you were at school and you remember that substitute that you had that really didn't, she, they, he or she was just kind of clueless. Yeah, I know, some of this is getting some evil laughs. But anyway, there's, there's a classroom full of kids. And with the regular teacher there, they know how, they know what to do, they know what to do, they know when to do it. 
you get a substitute teacher that comes in. Wow. See, the kids are cool as long as the teacher's there. Look, it's the same thing. This is, not a, this is not a new problem. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada, the priest. But we're going to fast forward some verses, and we're going to pick it up in 17. But watch this. Look at the difference in verse 17. Watch this. But after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. This is all relevant to who you listen to. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord. Time out. Joash was responsible to, for rebuilding it. And this is a very short group of scriptures here. And all of a sudden it just goes away, the different way. The God of their ancestors, and they worshipped Asherah poles and idols instead. Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back to him. Did you hear me when I said that God does not quit chasing you? Listen, these people had done exactly what was right. Then they had listened to the wrong people, done exactly what was wrong. It didn't stop God. He said, oh, I'm creating, I'm I'm sending prophets to speak to you. Listen, change the way that you think. Guys, you need to be transformed. This is not a new idea. This This is a new book, but this is not a new idea. God would send prophets in the Old Testament to warn people, say, listen, you got to change the way you think. Stop listening to those people that are not of God. And too often in my life and probably in your life, if you want to be honest, you choose the wrong thing to listen to. And as a result, bad things happen. And then what the book of Proverbs says, when those things happen because you listen to the wrong people, you're mad at God. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair thing, right? But still the people, look at this. They decide to, okay, uh, verse 19. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back to him. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. Have you ever, have you ever heard truth and said, oh, that's probably not for me. He's talking to someone else. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not going to go into this because I don't want to have people listening to me a whole lot today. But do you know or are you related to someone, male, female, young person or old person, throw that out there, prerequisite, who may or may not suffer from this very, very difficult to diagnose clinical problem known as selective hearing? We'll go on. You have selective hearing just like I do with God. See, oftentimes, whenever I was younger, I was playing Nintendo, I have selective hearing because I could have swore my mom said, keep playing Nintendo, but she really said, take out the trash. I just, I think, oh, I didn't think that's what you said. You know, you know, I'd get my backside warmed up or I would have something taken away from me, and it wasn't happening. All of a sudden, my selective hearing, poof, went away. It's a miracle. It's all, it is all in about who you listen to. Hmm. Look at verse 20. And the Spirit of God came up, Upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada the priest. Now, Jehoiada was the priest. He's died. Now, his son, Zechariah, he stood before the people and said, Do you think it took guts to do this? Listen, he is approaching people that are doing the wrong thing. (laughs) There's a lot of people that would pay a lot of money to not be in this situation. He's getting ready to call out people that are doing the wrong thing. If you think, that God does not send 
people in your life to speak truth in you today, you're very, very mistaken. There are people that are followers of Jesus that we walk through this life together with. That oftentimes, that's why mentoring is such a big deal. If one of you, if one of you kind of slips off, you're to go to that person in love, what the Bible says, and say, listen, listen. Sometimes we're just blank to listen to God. But we may listen to that friend. And if that friend is safe and of God, then they can correct us. But oftentimes we don't want to listen. So Zechariah. Zechariah, Jehoiada's son, said, he stood before the people and said this. This is what God says. No pressure. You are exemplifying God. <laughs> you are standing being an intercessor for God. Not a pastor, not a preacher, the creator of everything. And he says, this is what God says. It's all relevant into who you listen to. And Zechariah says this, why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourself from prospering? He said, guys, I can see it from my point of view and what you're doing is not working. In fact, you're starting over at, at, at number one block again. You're not fixing this, you're not fixing this, you're not fixing yourself, and nothing's getting better. God wants you to have a fulfilled life, and you're not getting it. You have abandoned the Lord. Talk about guts, man. This guy just stood up in front of this whole people and said, you have abandoned God. Wow. How sharp do you think that would be to hear? You've abandoned God. And now, as if that wasn't sharp enough, look at this. And now he has abandoned you. God is not honoring the way they're living is what that means. Look at this, verse 21. Then the leaders, selective hearing. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah the king and King, and king Joash, ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. Do some math with me. Joash rebuilt God's temple. He was a guy that followed what Jehoiada said. Jehoiada was a priest. He was kind of a mentor to him, and he followed him. In very, very few verses, now they're worshiping Asherah poles and idols. He's listening to his buddies that do not have it all together. And now a guy was sent to him, another chance by God, another chance. Zechariah sent to him. And instead of saying, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God would have been back like that, like that. Instead, look at King Joash ordered that they stone him. Where? In the courtyard of the temple. Are you kidding me? And I look at this and I study this and I think, man, 15 verses makes all the difference. And then... God kind of started speaking to me. He goes, Matt, sometimes 15 minutes. Sometimes 15 minutes and this is you. Mm. Sometimes 15 days. Sometimes 15 seconds. It's all relative to who and what we listen to. Look at verse 22. That was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty. By killing his son. Zechariah's last words. Now watch this. Zechariah is dying. Okay, this, is, this is absolutely one of the most horrific ways to die in the history of the Bible. By the way, the Bible is not nice in the Old Testament. There's not a lot of fluff in the Old Testament. It was very strict. When you were stoned, you literally did this. 
you played dodgeball without any dodgeballs. That's it. Everybody over there, and you know, they didn't have the people that weren't good at dodgeball. They had the guys that had the rockets attached to their arm, you know, they play major leagues, Jerusalem League, whatever they played then. Can you imagine just getting hit? You were knocked unconscious, however long that took, then you were killed. Probably had your head smashed. You're, you're killed with rocks being thrown at you. Oh, joy. Look at Zechariah was listening to God so intently. Watch what he said. He's still conversing. He's still conversing with God. He says this, last words as he died were, may the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. Now watch this. He's saying something very, very personal. But what he's saying is, may these guys understand that I was willing to die for what I believed in. Listen to me, God. You have to understand. There, there are stories about martyrs all over the world. They were sent and, and, they, and they, were, they were burned at a stake or they were burned however. They were doing this. And often the last words that they uttered out of their mouth was, God, please. No, no, no. Okay, let's look at Jesus. Forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> really? May the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. Now, that's in verse 22. If you read 23 through 27, watch this. Because he listened to the wrong people and he took the wrong advice, Joash is assassinated in the next four verses. What a waste, huh? Waste of a human life. In verses 4 through 16, he had such passion to rebuild God's temple. And he eventually turned his back on God, even have people stalk him, try to kill him, and then eventually assassinate him. Who Joash listened to changed. Look at your worship handout. If you have your, if you have your worship handout with us, we're going to look at a couple blanks that you can fill in. If you want to flip to that middle page, you can look at the screen for the first one. It says this, Who or what you listen to will ultimately determine what you do. No, it won't. No, it won't. Okay? Here's a story from my life. Some of you may relate. I, I, grew, up, I, was, I grew up I was borderline kid of the 90s, I guess. I grew up wanting to listen to things that my mom and dad would not let me to. Okay? Guys like uh, Tupac. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. Don't listen to Tupac. I broke that CD. Okay, things, things like, like other, other, other rap stuff or, or, or language that wasn't appropriate for me. Because I found out that this, if I listened to it, it came out. No, it's not. Really. If you have a younger, a younger child in your house, I guarantee you, you understand the whole repeat process. Because some of you had it happen in the middle of the grocery store and said, oh, we don't say that. Oh, you already did, Evidently. It's all perspective and who you listen to. Your kids are going to listen to mom and dad because mom and dad are their protectors. If Jesus listened to what God said, why don't we? See, this is the moving, moving us forward to this transform. Moving us forward into this. We cannot make. This is the reason that we do not listen to ourselves. I'm going to give you just a, a brief rundown. You and I cannot make wise, godly decisions on our own. We can't. We, we can't because our human nature is sinful. We require a God relationship. 
We have to have that. We need help. You need help? I'm not talking drowning or have, have, need help getting, getting up. Do you need help in this life? See, too many times, I wanted help, I needed help, but I'm a guy, I'm tough, I don't need help. You know what? The last five years of my life, when I have openly admitted to other guys in CR and to our group at CR, and I said, you know what? I need some help today. Do you know what? This is going to amaze you, I know. Instead of being a rough, tough guy, I got this, I can handle this, the last five years, taking a step back, said, God, I need you with everything. (laughs) God has begun to transform the way that I think. Ask my wife. She's not in here right now. Just ask her, has Matt changed in the last five years? I guarantee she'll say yes. I didn't prompt her for that question. She has no idea you're going to ask her. But who or what you listen to will ultimately determine what you do. You would listen to a coach if they have experience in that sport. If, some, if you have a coach that is a professional hockey coach, and they go and they coach swimming, They may get some things right. The problem is they're on frozen water. This is not frozen. It's different. Who or what you listen to will determine what you do. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. This is the number one thing, the absolute number one thing that I have told our people that come to Connection. And I get up, and if if you're listening online, or if you hear this on an archive message, or you hear it this morning, I've gotten up over the last three or four months, and three or four times said this, I'm getting ready to, to preach a sermon that can change your life. And I openly said, I said, some of you now are thinking, wow, what arrogance. And I said, there are better preachers than me. You can Google them. They're, they're there. There are better preachers than me. But here's the reason that I can understand and I can tell you fully that this sermon, this article of concentration can change your life because it comes out of God's word. God is who he says he is. And I'm not him. Those are the two solid things that I can believe in this life. God is who he says he is, and I'm not him. No one can claim to have messed up their lives by reading the words of Jesus and then doing what he says. It's impossible. Man, I've studied the Bible. I've gone to connect group. I'm trying to follow the will of God. And it doesn't make sense. That's false. When we follow after God, when we listen to God's word and we let it impact our life, and then we do what it says, you're not going to mess up your life. It's not happening. Our method of doing things at Connection is driven by this. Our theology of what God tells us that Jesus did and said. No. No. I... I get asked, does your church believe in the Bible? I'm kind of thinking, what? Yeah. Well, do you do things in the, the, that are not in the Bible? I said, we try to live in love like Jesus Christ. But people will ask me that because we give gas away and we give turkeys away and we give hams away and we try to be involved in the community. And all they said is, you guys meet in homes? Does that work? I challenge you to go check out a connect group and see if it works. Plug in for a month. Give it a month. I promise you, 
said our method of doing things follows what Jesus did. When we live in relationship with other people in this world, those relationships should be driven by what God has done in our life. See, you, if you saw my post on Facebook this morning, it said, ready for church. One of my buddies that lives in Missouri sent a comic to me. Please don't check it right now. Some of you will on your phone. But anyway, Batman and Robin are standing like this. And Robin says, uh, ready for church or something. And Batman smacks him across his face and says, we are the church. That's exactly right. Connection is not a place. Connection is a church. Connection is not a place. Connection is a whole bunch of... Listen, I know this is going to be scary to you, but in the words of a former pastor, you're going to be little Jesuses going out of here. Then I know that really worries you because you think, well, I'm not Jesus. It's okay. Listen to the right person. He's going to come through your life. If we listen, if we listen, you will not mess up your life by living and loving like Jesus Christ. When you listen to Jesus and let it impact your life, it will determine what you do. That's how my life has changed. In those little insignificant moments that don't involve a whole lot of people, but they involve at my house, something happened between me and Mary this week. Just a little, I don't know. I know that you guys don't fight or argue or anything. But we had a disagreement about something, and I said something, and I immediately walked out of the room, and I walked right back in, and I said, Mary, I should have never said that to you. I'm sorry. I shouldn't shouldn't treat you that way. I should never have ever said that to you. I'm sorry. If some of you did that to your mate, they might fall over from passing out because we're never that quick to forget. I I haven't always been that way, and it's not always easy for me to do that. But that's how God has changed in my life. Look Look on the screen at Proverbs. Look at this. My father taught me, take my words to heart. Follow my commands, and you will live. Listen, follow. Look at this. Look at the next screen. Look at verse 5. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. You're not going to mess your life up following God. Look at the next verse. Don't turn your back on wisdom. Or this. How about this? Or the person that comes into your life and tries to speak truth. Oftentimes, like, you don't know what you're talking about, you self-righteous person. Good night. You have no idea what you're talking about. You need to take a look in the mirror. That's what we want to say, isn't it? You have no business talking to me that way. You have no business sharing the love of God to me to point out my stuff, but yet you have stuff. See, a person that does this correctly does this in love. And it's not about him or her. It's often with prayer and an opportunity to share. And that person, if they listen, don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. How about this? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Think, just let that marinate. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. It's a pretty good idea that I teach kids how to physically drive a vehicle before they get their license, right? Everybody's like, praise Jesus. Yes, you need to teach them. Some of you are thinking, I know, I know a couple of adults that need to go back. Listen, we're not into this. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Obviously, if you hunt, if you sow, whatever you do, if, if that involves danger, a needle coming down is danger, a gun or a bow can be dangerous, you're going to give instruction, right? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. You need to earn, learn to operate it. After college, I, I drove a log skitter. Okay? 
They cut huge trees down. I hooked onto them with my machine, and I dragged them, I drug them out of the woods. Now, I want to tell you that I did not just jump in that thing with a 30,000-pound winch on the back and just say, ooh-hoo, it's got a blade on the front, it's got four-wheel drive, let's go. My boss goes, number one, this machine costs $150,000. Oh, <laughs> So there will be, and he gave me this list, there will be no hot rodding. There will be no mudding. There will be no, unless it's necessary. But because he gave me that wisdom, I never had an accident. He taught me correctly how to do it. Now, I'm going to obviously pay attention because if I break it, did you hear the price? 150 grand? I could sell everything I have and I have 150,000. I'm like, man, I'm going to be in debt forever. Look at, the worship, look at your worship hand out with me. God is always speaking. The question is, are we always listening? See, here, here's the deal. And as you write, you can just listen. When you attend Connections worship service or listen online or a connect, or a connect group and you do listen with a heart that is open to God's word, you will find out that God will speak to you in a very direct way. If you attend a connection event and you listen with an open mind and an open heart, God has the opportunity to speak very directly to you. Some of you this morning may literally be saying, I'm going to talk to Matt because I think that he was speaking directly to me. Some of you have said this. I've also heard these things. This is is pretty comical. I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard this. Any pastor that's pastored any amount of time would probably tell you the same thing. I heard this from people. Number one, I felt like you were speaking directly to me today. Or Matt. This is my favorite. I had a person ask me this. They said, your message was spot on, but I have a question for you. Do you have a microphone inside my house or vehicle? That lady went on to say, we literally were having this conversation or argument like yesterday. And you spoke directly at me. Listen, it is not me that is speaking to you. If you come to a connection event where the word of God is put into practice and and taught, and you come with an open mind and an open heart, God has the ability and will speak to you directly. I do not bug people's houses or vehicles. But when you come and listen to the changing word, the life-changing word of God, God will speak to you. But it all depends on who you listen to. Look at the scripture on the screen. Look at this one. This is one of my favorite scriptures of all time. Sometimes I have to repeat this scripture multiple times during the day. Sometimes I, have, I, I, should, I should seriously like write this on the inside of my eyelids so every time I shut my eyes, I should see this. Because this is one of my biggest problems in the world. Because like the book of James says, with our tongue can be fast to cut. My head processes information and my tongue spits it out too fast for the rest of myself to grab onto that and keep it in. And I know that none of you do that. But it says this. It says, Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Because it's who you listen to. Who you give emphasis to listen to listen you can listen to anybody on the radio that you want okay but be careful because how you think can shape your life i want to be all negative okay some people choose some people just choose that i don't want to i don't want to do this 
I have literally said this verse, read this verse, said this verse to myself while I'm walking around doing something. And you know what the number one word is that comes into my head? Ouch. God, I'm just having a bad day. If they just do this or they just listen to me or when I'm trying to speak love into their life, if they just listen to me. God goes, you having a bad day? Yeah, evidently. Proverbs 4.23, man. I'm not in the mood. I want to think how I want to think. Then God reminds me, your life is relative to who you listen to. Right now you're listening to you. You cannot make godly decisions listening to you. You have to listen to me to make godly decisions. Because I've sent people to write words. Like, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And I sent people to write, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way that you think. Think? Think? Don't go through life with selective thinking. Don't go through life with selective hearing or thinking. Because when we think on God and we allow God to speak to us and we listen, God will change your life. I have seen people overcome, forgive, and ask forgiveness for things that in all honesty, you would be stoned to death out here for. And I don't mean that literally, I mean that metaphorically. And your reputation would just be done. But God can do that. Why? Because he said, listen, if you think on me, there's going to be things come out. If you listen to Tupac, it's going to come out of your mouth, Matt. That's why you have to get rid of this stuff. Why God's asking us. How about this? How about this? Who is made? I want you to think about this. This is just so cool. Think about a person who has made the most influence in your life. Don't say it out loud. Just think about this. They may be sitting beside you, so don't say anything. Think about that person who has made the most influence in your life. Mom, dad, grandparents, pastor, youth minister, friend, musician. Now think about those who had had the most influence on your life and ask yourself this question. So keep that person right there. If that person gave or was giving you advice, would you listen? Now think about it. This is the person that had the most influence on your life. If that person was to give you advice, would you listen? Most of us in this place right now would say, yeah, sure, no problem. Who or what has made the most influence on your life? Now, to some of us that didn't answer yes, this is, this, is, this is the deal. Answering this question is dangerous because in doing so, you may need to make some adjustments. Maybe you've sought the wrong acceptance. When most of us said, that person that has made the most impact on my life, yeah, I listened to their advice. Okay, good. Now, I am not saying that person is not special. I'm not saying that person is not loved. But what I am saying is that person is not God. They are not. I don't listen. I have, I, have he- I have probably four heroes in my life. And they are all good, godly people. But here's the deal. They do not stack up to God in heaven. At all. And God says this. You are so willing to take advice from so and so. Think about this. There are women... And guys, they go to a, a haircut place, a salon, or something, they say, this so-and-so famous person has a haircut like this, 
I want to look just like him. Listen, we are that influenceable, okay? We want to look like this. We want to do this. I'm not saying that that's a negative thing. I'm just saying, hey, if you get around some college baseball players that watch a lot of Major League Baseball and they play wiffle ball, they can, they can, they can show you, they can imitate to you professional baseball player swings to perfection. Oh, you want to see one? Okay. King Griffey Jr. And when he swung, he did this. YouTube it. Promise. He did. And he had his hat backwards when he took BP. That's batting practice. See, we imitate these things. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful. You are a product of who you listen to. The world says this. The world says, stay mad. You're right. Stay mad. God says this. Forgive them. So we have a huge problem with just that word alone. You could preach a year about forgiveness and still wouldn't cover it. The world says, stay mad. You're right. God says, forgive. You know why I think God, he talks to me about forgiveness. And a lot of times he talks to me this way. He says, Matt, the Holy Spirit worked through my life. You really need to forgive that person. Well, I'd rather not. (laughs) I didn't ask. Hmm. But God, that did this. I don't care. But God, I'm, I'm, I am, you and I know. You're a perfect person. You know that I'm right. You know, and I know that I'm right. They're wrong. They should apologize. Then I hear these unbelievable words come mystifically flowing through the air into my ears. and says, would you rather be right or have a relationship? Would you rather have a relationship with that person and by asking them to forgive you or you telling them that, that you forgive them, If by doing that, that will help you show God's love, are you going to be so stubborn to listen to yourself and not do it? That's how how God sometimes talks to me. Some of you might be thinking, I've heard that before. God says, forgive them. This world says, "Do do what feels good. God simply says this to this. Do what I tell you to do. Man. You know, God's the only parent to say, do what I say and do what I do? Because the world parents, they say, do as I say, not as I do. God says, I want you to do what I say and do what I do because I'm perfect. You have to listen to me. You have to listen to me. Earlier, we sang, and I I wish we could put up microphones like around here from the ceiling and we could record what you guys sound like because up here is absolutely crazy awesome. But we sang a song called Holy Spirit. And if you've never heard that song before, I'm going to go through those words with you really quick. And I want, I want, I want, I want you to just grab this. We are, we are flying in, in through this month to get into transformed about, about what God is physically going to do with our life. There's, there's health stuff in here. There's all kinds of daily stuff that we can begin to work on. But we sing Holy Spirit during worship service, and it says this. I just love these words. It says this, there is nothing worth more. Nothing. That will ever come close. No thing can compare. Automatically, God set above perfection. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. 
I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, haven't you? I have chased that car. I've chased that career. I've chased that person or relationship. I've chased it. I've chased the sweetest of loves. When, me, when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. He goes into the chorus and it says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. How about today? How about this afternoon or tomorrow morning when you wake up, you pray and say, God, oh, I want to be better. My life, I want, my life, I desire to tell you that you are welcome in this place. I want to listen to you. I want to do what you tell me to do. It says, your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. You imagine, you imagine what your life would be like if the Holy Spirit just completely enveloped everything that you did. It's pretty fun. (laughs) It's just, it's awesome to see what God can do when we allow him to do it using the people that that he has to work with. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. They're lyrics to a song. What power. What power they have. Who do you listen to? God is saying this this morning. He he says, Matt, whatever your name is, Matt, I want to be everything. I want to be everything. But if I'm to be everything, You've got to listen to what I say. I know that you're, you think you're right, and maybe you are. But when I say forgive, I've got a bigger plan. I have bigger eyes than you do. I can see down the road farther than you can. I'm going to use you and your ability to say I'm sorry to eventually let you be that vessel that shows my love to that person. This is hard. This is very hard. Who do you listen to? I'll just challenge you with that question. Who do you listen to? It's been a great day. Thanks for hanging out with us at Connection. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come in your house, God, into your awesome presence. God, challenge us the way that we think. Challenge us to to live the way that you want us to. God, allow us to be careful what we think and and let us realize that our life can be shaped by our thoughts. Who do we listen to? Do we want to listen to digging up bones or do we want to listen to happy? God, let us listen to you and how you want to transform our life, how you want to change our life. In your name we pray. Amen. Give two people a high five on your way out.